Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, February 5th, 2007. How to handle peer conflict when your directs are involved, part one of two. Hi, this is Mike, and welcome back to Manager Tools. Well, here's a question for you. What do you do when you're in conflict with a peer and your directs become involved? What's interesting here is that we all ought to know that if we are in conflict with a peer, our directs are involved. It's clear that our directs know who among our peers are our allies and who aren't, and our directs make choices every day, sometimes subtle, but choices nonetheless, that can add to our tensions, even if we tell them not to. So what can we do as managers to help our directs deal with a peer of ours that we are in conflict with? What do you do when our peers behave unprofessionally towards them? What do you do? Well, as you might expect, we've got a plan. This pure conflict problem, it happens all the time. But, you know, I think the part of the problem is I think managers, really, they only think of themselves when it comes right down to it. What do you mean? Well, most managers' first calculation is whether they're to a point where they can confront the peer who's behaving badly. And if they personally From their not, perspective. Yeah, from their perspective. From their perspective. Yeah, okay. And, and for a whole bunch of reasons. And they basically ask their direct to keep their heads down and just suck it up. And then the manager does nothing. It's corrosive to the team. You know, right, which right, is, of course, yeah. You know, which is very sad indeed because now a peer of yours is having a direct negative impact on your people and your team's results. But like I said, most managers just won't stand up. Yeah, I, I'm, um, the way you put it that way, it's you're right, you're right. Okay, so you mentioned reasons. You, you, there are, there's a host of reasons. What, what, are you, what are you referring to? What, why the managers won't stand up? Yeah. Well, they're up for a promotion. Uh, oh. Their peer has okay. more political clout than they do. Okay. Um, the manager, you know, the manager who we're talking about here made a mistake last week, and now is not the time. They feel a little bit kind of out there that's, on the edge a little bit. But, but that's real, right? I mean, that really oh, yeah, sure. people make those all, calculations all the time. All these, these, okay. all these reasons are real. I mean, the peer is stressed. Oh, yeah. the, the The peer knows an important senior executive, and you're afraid yeah. you might be sticking your yeah. neck out a little bit. Right? It's a high level project, or it's a low level project. So why bother? Um, they don't want to cash in a chit with their their boss. Right, the peer, ha- you know, the peer has no political power at all. So why bother? Or yeah, you know, managers have lots of reasons. I think it's really interesting. You you said the two of them you strung together was it's a high level project or it's a low level project. <laughs> oh, managers can yeah. talk themselves out of action. With we can make excuse. this really easy. The way to handle peer conflict is only deal with peer conflict on those mid level projects. Right, right. The ones that aren't so big that everybody notices, and the ones that aren't so small that nobody cares. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so. But yeah, but uh, you know the way you string it together, I, you're right. I, I think you're right. But. Okay, but you, you and I both know that what the real reason, though. The real reason is they just don't know what to do. If they had a way to do it, they'd step up more often. And what do you know? This is manager tools. Last time I checked, this is manager tools anyway. Uh, and we actually have. 
the you, way to do it. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. Now, now look, um, you know, when, when I was listening to you, I thought, God, we could talk about each one of those subtleties. We could talk about high-level project, low-level project, no political power, political power, big mistake last week. We could talk about all those things. And and, and actually, I don't know, we, we haven't talked about this before. I know we haven't talked about it in a cast. I don't think we even talked about it just in day-to-day operations. Um but it occurs to me that one of the ways that those kinds of subtleties come out are in the forums and, and on the blog, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. we hope that people will ask, okay, I, I gotcha. I, I hear those seven points or those nine points or those four and a half points. Um, and now let me apply it to my situation and what's different and so on. Um, so if anybody out there has, you know, has questions about what do you do when the peer knows an important senior executive, um, those kind of questions, we love to get them, and we're, we're happy to do it. Uh, ha- happy to get that kind of additional sort of subtle shadings to the recommendations that we make. And, of course, what you do is you kill the important senior executive, and then there's no longer a problem, and, and, and you're able to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, look, there, there are a lot of subtleties. Um, but we're going to take a very common sample as a way of hanging and, and sort of show our template by hanging it off of the example. So this example we're going to talk about is your, your team member, your direct, has to work with your peer on a particular project. Whether it's important or not is irrelevant, as Mike indicated. It doesn't matter whether it's important or not. The managers who aren't going to give the feedback, and they're not going to give it for those very reasons. I love that. Um, uh, who has more skin in the game isn't relevant either. It, what it boils down to is your direct comes to you and says, Paul is really tough to work with. Paul, in this case, is going to be your peer. Paul, Peer Paul, the peer, Paul, no, Peer Paul. You see that? that Okay, good. Yeah, Peer Paulie, the peer. If it's a, uh, I remember for years I used to give uh, in my meetings presentation the person I I named a person that was the recalcitrant one, the difficult one, the one that didn't want to go along, and I called him Bob. And people used to kid me about it when there were people who were in the meeting learning about meetings, and there was somebody named Bob in there. But yeah, we're going to call Paul our peer. Is your subordinate? Sam the subordinate or Sally the no. subordinate or no, it's not. Okay. Don't, sorry. don't be a wiseacre. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, he, he continually know. Okay. Okay. So, um, your direct comes to you and says, Paul's really tough to work with. He continually knows he owes me stuff, but he just blows me off. And you know, there are people who say, and, and he can, cause he's a boss level guy. Um, now I'm behind. He won't even reply to my mails or my calls. That's a f- terrible frustration for a lot of people. They just don't know what to do. Even though he's always on that dang BlackBerry, he won't answer my mails. And I know he's getting them because he crows about them every time we're in a meeting. Um, I just think he wants to show off that he's one of the execs that got a BlackBerry, a CrackBerry. Yeah. Well, I've certainly been here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think a lot of us have. So, okay, so here's our game plan. Seven seven recommendations. They generally flow uh, uh, chronologically, but, but each one stands on its own as well. Um, number one, shut up about peer challenges already. Shut up about conflict with your peers. That's a, that's a hugely important thing. And I think particularly younger managers, if you get just one thing out of this, if you, if, if you don't even, if you're not comfortable following the steps after this, pay attention to this first thing about shutting up about peer challenges, peer conflict. Number two, filter out all the opinions and emotions and aspersions. This is where people make mistakes. We've got to stop doing this. We end up talking to our peers about how everybody feels about them. Um, and the higher you get up, you know, the higher you get up the, the ladder, the less that matters. Number three is focus on the work and the task at hand. Number four, you've got to turn the other cheek. I know that that's probably not in anybody's 
professional performance management, uh, corporate manual or anything else, but it's a brilliant technique and sometimes just because it catches people by surprise. Yeah, um, it's an old technique too, thousand years yeah, ago. Yeah, it, it is. In fact, yeah, there's a long history there, isn't there? Um, uh, and, and, and then once they failed or whatever, you ask again. Um, you don't, you, you don't pull the trigger after one failure. You help your directs with communications. This is another area where people miss it. Um, the direct says, yes, I talked to somebody about it and they find out what the direct said and said, well, no wonder he doesn't like you. <laughs> um, you, you, have got to at number seven is you, you've got to ask people to keep you tightly posted. Um, and did I say there were seven steps? Uh, you did. I did. And I shouldn't have said seven. I should have oh, said. You're not going to add an eighth one, are you? No, I'm going to add two. I'm going to add oh. We're going we're gonna to go to nine. I am so sorry. Oh, no. Somebody probably lined out seven while they're driving in their car, and then they're going to have a wreck and blame it on us because we went from seven to nine. Um, number eight, if the cycle repeats twice, then you call and you follow the same approach that, that you, your direct would have in terms of turning the other cheek and all that stuff. We'll talk about it. And then lastly, you got to keep a record. Um, I, I, I'm not one for documentation from an operational perspective, but I am one from documentation if the stuff hits the fan. And you cannot document when it's about to hit the fan because the timeline never supports it. You've got to document as you go. You take it in little bites, and then you have a nice little pile if it ever blows up on you. Good. Well, let's talk about each one in our manager tools, boring and dependable fashion. What, what should be our new tagline? We make boring fun? Is that, you know, or we make boring interesting. I don't know. Anyway, um, okay, number one, shut up about peer conflict. What we mean here is that as professionals, we really need to do our best to keep quiet about the problems that we have with our peers, particularly those problems that aren't rooted in a time-based issue like a project or an event. Those kind of conflicts um, that are ongoing, maybe they're not fundamental, but they're ongoing, are really damaging to you and your team. Oh, it's not the biggest damage you can do, but, but, but they do do damage to your team. Now, look, your team knows you're in conflict or you don't like Paul. Let's just be honest. They know. And I have managers to tell me all the time, oh, my people don't know. I'm really, eh, no, they know. Um, there's just no way everybody has their head in their sand about the conflicts you have with your peers. You're going to slip. You're going to say something. You're going to growl when somebody mentions her name or some whatever, and they're going to get a sense of things. Okay, so we're not really saying here that you can keep your team from knowing and acting on what they know. We're not saying that. But here's the subtlety that I think a lot of younger managers miss. There is a huge difference between your team knowing and you rarely, if ever, acknowledging it publicly and you talking about it openly, particularly in groups. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about stuff openly, you're giving them more leeway to make decisions based not on the organization, based not on the mission, but based on the conflict. You're essentially blessing the conflict. You're essentially giving it your blessing, um, even though that probably doesn't make, make a whole lot of sense at one level. You're tacitly supporting choices that they probably ought not to be considering. You're, you're basically, you're giving power to the conflict. You're making yeah. it no, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, in, in a way, you're almost suggesting to them subtly that they're somehow responsible for, or you'd like them to yeah. fight your battles. Which right, is because the they're part of the team. Right, they're part of the team. This guy's not part of our team, and he's on. He, he's against me, so therefore he's against you too. And, and yeah, and, and 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 who is it that gets hurt by that? Some young person who really, some new person who really wants to make a difference, 
They don't know enough to know that you know where to engage and how to engage, and they go off half cocked and and uh, and they put themselves in trouble. Uh, and then there's a lot. Then there's drama, and and they're to blame, even though it was it was Paul that was the burr under everybody's saddle for two years before something actually blew up. And Paul skates scot free, and the new person, um, Nicholas, the new guy, uh, ends up getting sacrificed. Um, so look, so when you talk about something openly, it will feel to people like it's no longer a secret or, and I don't really care for the word secret, it's no longer something about which we need to be professionally discreet. Right, and that, right. means, that means they, not just you now, when you tell other people, you're giving them the keys to that communication. That means they can tell other folks. And it won't be long before everybody knows. Um, you know, um, and then the boss asks. And it just doesn't help. And, you know, the first time the boss asks, you can say, oh, we get along fine, you know, every once in a while. But, you know, that's inevitable. We're working hard, and we he has a slightly different mission. Paul's a little different mission than me, and you can see where there are resource constraints and so on, but we work it out. It'll be fine. And, yeah. and, and quite frankly, that's a smart answer because you don't want your boss involved in a conflict between you and your peer. No. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting. Yeah. Even if everybody knows, you still don't talk about it. Exactly. Great. That's, that is a great way to put it. Even if everybody knows you don't, you don't talk about it. It it, it really, it's funny. It reminds me of, of spy stuff, right? Where, where one, one side knows something and knows that the other side knows that they know the other side knows it, but neither one of them will say it out loud because that changes the game. So, okay. So we shut up about it. Okay. It's, it's your issue. Keep quiet about it. Don't visit it on your team. Number two, filter out the emo- opinions, emotions, aspersions. Fight fight for facts and behaviors. Um, this is really a big problem for two reasons. First, what you're going to hear from your directs when they complain about one of your peers is a lot of characterizations. When people are complaining to you, they are emotional. When people are emotional, the things they talk about are other people's emotions. Okay. You're going to hear about a lot of put downs. You're going to hear a lot of general frustrations. Um, many managers begin to formulate their plan about what they're going to do based on that, based on the emotional content that they're getting from somebody. And that is ineffective. Um, second, if you're not careful when you go to your peer, if you have to, or if it comes to a big conversation with Paul for some reason, you don't want to be saying, she said you were rude. Because Paul says, so what did I do? I wasn't rude. She said you were late with stuff. Yeah, one thing, and the CEO knows why. Um, she said you didn't care. How would she know? I do care, but I actually have lots of other work to do, unlike her. Right? Saying you didn't care, saying somebody was rude, th- those are emotions. Th- th- those are things that people can are very comfortable. If you start talking about how other people feel, they will shut down almost immediately. And you don't want your peer shutting down when you're actually talking to them about trying to resolve this particular problem. Yeah. If you, if we as managers take the protective mom or dad stance and say, gosh, I don't like what my peer's doing to this person, so I'm, I'm going to buy into their emotions, you end up hearing those emotions. And, and again, emotions don't work when you, if in fact you put, you're put in a situation where you feel like you need to go talk to your peer. Yeah. In, in, in a lot of cases, your subordinate has some skin in the game. There's there's something yeah. they, they did or may have done to contribute to the issue. 
and they're not they're not necessarily going to come out and tell you that right at you know right at the front. So you almost got to be a detective here, and to some degree, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, otherwise, he, he, you go into the conversation with your peer without all the facts, and you come out looking like an idiot. Yes, exactly, and and. and you can't blame your subordinate on that. We hold you to a higher standard as a manager. And I'll tell you, when I'm working with, with clients and we're, ta- we're there's a conflict that's in the way of a project that I'm helping with, I, I, um, I, I, I try very hard to focus on facts. But one of, the, one of my weaknesses is I get emotional about the fact that they can't talk about facts. And I start probing to get to the heart of the matter. Well, did you ask him to have it on Friday or did you say, hey, when you can get to it, you can get to it. And it's amazing how those kinds of subtleties, well, I needed it on Friday. Did, did he know you needed it on Friday? Well, of course he did. How, how did he know? Well, because we talked about it in the meeting. Uh, okay, but he's always on his crackberry, right? And, and, and what I find is when I hear these comments that are really not answers, and I find myself getting frustrated that I can't truly know what happened in order to characterize it effectively to get what I want from my peer, which is more effectiveness for my team um, I, or, or for my client's team. I get frustrated and I actually push harder on asking the questions. Um, so, so so I buy into the, the, the emotions, if you will, but in the wrong way, I get frustrated by them. Um, look, at when you talk to your direct... Have in mind uh, that conversation you may have to have with your peer, with Paul, and think about what power there will be in what you say. Talking about emotions, there's very little power there. Facts like facts, facts like missed deadlines, calls unreturned for a week. In other words, I left him a voicemail on Tuesday at 2 o'clock, and Monday at 5 o'clock, I still had not heard back from him. Um, documents that were due and, and, and are not there. In other words, I don't have them. And I, I can't tell you the number of times I've, I've gotten involved in things where somebody said, well, I don't have them. So, well, I, I did give them to you. Oh gosh. Um, then it's about, then it's about what was the details of who delivered what to whom? Um, and, and, and at the same time, we're trying not to play who shot John. We're not trying to blame. We're not trying to run something down to the nth degree. So, so, um, Filter out the opinions and emotions. Be polite about it so that you don't make it worse because they're already going to probably be a little bit spun up and they're worried about, you know, there, there are people who work for you who worry about being crybabies. And so if, in fact, they finally come to you, it may be that they're up to their eyeballs and they're, it's going to be very hard for them to get away from the emotions. Good. Okay. All right. Now, number three, focus on the work or task. Now, where where'd you come up with this one? Yeah, this is just this is right. This is just number two from the other side of the fence, right? Um, I, I I learned this one a really really hard way. Uh, a manager came to me and said, "Hey, I did it your way, but it didn't work." I didn't tell my peer about how his emotions or his attitude was a problem. I showed him the behaviors that led us to think it was attitude. <laughs> oh, I, they they knew the disc profile, and so they watched their faces and said, "You have a bad attitude because we saw you grimace, because we saw you do this." Because you know, in other words, we had behaviors, and so therefore our conclusions are justified. Not oh god, yeah, not an effective plan. My fault for not being clear. I've since added this step. As you're talking to your frustrated direct, ask about the work. Work usually breaks down into, this is Horseman's Law of Projects, who does what by when. You'll want to focus on what your peer, who, did or didn't do, what, and what deadlines they missed, when, and the impacts of those who, what, and whens on your subordinate, 
the project, the business, revenue, costs, whatever. And I'm amazed, by the way, we, we need to have a whole set of casts on this mic at some point, but I'm amazed the number of people who don't get that time is a cost. Mm, yeah. Um, okay. So so to, to do this, to really focus on the worker task, to, to, to my point earlier about my weakness with this, I often find myself having this level set pretty quickly. It is surprising sometimes to me how folks don't don't realize that all they have is a bruised ego because of what a jerk your peer is and, and a bunch of subtle slights, which hopefully aren't worth fighting about because you probably can't win the fight anyway. Um, th- they feel bad. They're angry. The, the, the relationship is not good. But when you dig down to it, there are times when, mm, you know, we really we, we don't have anything to go to this guy with. And you've got to level the direct back and go, oh, time out. We, 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 you know, this is not something we can go talk to him about. We, we, there's not a problem here yet. We're going to give him some grace. He's been busy. He's been out of town. She's been doing this or that or whatever. Um, so I, I recommend saying, okay, help me really understand the details here. I want you to explain the background to me. I want you to focus on what you did and what he did and when he did it and when you did it and so on. Not why he did or didn't do it or how you felt about what he did or didn't do, but the who and the what and the when. Get details. Was it by voicemail or email? If there are emails involved, have the direct forward the emails to you, even if you don't think you're ever going to go to your peer with it. It it may affect something else you work on. Um, yeah, you you may look at that email and immediately get some insight into oh, why the problem well, is. <laughs> Yeah. The, well, think about a high D sending a brief bottom line up front email to a high S. Right? The yeah. D says, I, I could not have communicated any clearer, which is absolutely true in his mind. And the high S says, I've never been more insulted in all my life. You know? And, and, and who among us who knows anything about this doesn't say, yep, oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh, boy. Or, or a high S sending an email to a high D. I, I don't want to. We don't want to devolve people down to just a, a high ID or SSC or whatever. But a high S who writes four paragraphs and the high D says, "If I got that mail, it's already deleted because I think it was really long." And all I wanted to know was, was it done or not? In fact, if I remember right, it started with "Well." Or she asked me some questions about my weekend. I really, all I needed to know was. Are we are are we not over budget on Project X? Right. Well, I wasn't talking about high S high D type of stuff. I was thinking about something even more straightforward. I, I remember seeing an email. One of my uh, I hate to say it. One of my subordinates said sent to one of my peers that started with, "If you were an effective manager, you would." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? You know what? That's the kind of thing that Dilbert w- would would satirize by the response being, "If you worked here anymore, <laughs> yes, exactly." Yeah. <laughs> oh my! All right, we'll stop there and finish up the conversation next week. In the meantime, if you haven't checked out the Manager Tools Effective Manager Conference in April here in beautiful Washington D.C., go to the website and check it out. We only have 100 slots, and they're filling up quickly, so don't delay too long. All right, folks, until next week, so long.